Hey guys, this is Drake. Thanks so much for tuning in to our City Church podcast here. It's an honor to have you. Hey, at the end of this episode, we'd love for you to take a moment, subscribe to this podcast channel if you haven't already. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can continue to serve you with content that we're putting out on a weekly basis. And in addition, if we can serve you in any way or connect with you in community in any way, you can visit our website at citychurchboulder.com and we would love to connect with you there. And lastly, and most importantly, I hope this content is helpful to you. It's encouraging, it's inspiring, and you leave better than you showed up. Enjoy. Right. <laughs> What's up, you guys? Um, my name is Charlie Vlistra. If I, haven't, if I haven't had the privilege of meeting you, uh, it's just great to be here. Um, and uh, it's honestly, it's, it's humbling and an honor to, uh, to preach up here today and only slightly nerve-wracking. So uh, we'll get through it. Um, but hey, it's so good to be with you guys, especially um, after we just got back from a, uh, a three-week trip to Michigan, my wife and I. Um, it was me, my wife, our, um, our 10-month-old Margo, and then our big 90-pound black lab. And we decided, so we were going to be all over the state. We we're going to be on the the east side of the state, the west side of the state, up north, like way up north. And we're like, God, we're going to have to, you know, get uh, harbor, like, you know, care, and that's expensive. And like, we need a car. So we're like, all right, we'll take a road trip. Um, and if you want to know how the drive went, the best way I can summarize it <laughs> is on the way back, Emily and Margaret were seated comfortably on an airplane as, <laughs> as Harbor and I uh, made the journey back. So... <laughs> Not exactly how we uh, drew it up, but um, it's just so good to be back here. It was great to see family. It's always good to be back in Michigan, but um, it's awesome to be back here with you guys. So let me figure out how to work this thing. Okay. (laughs) So today we're going to be diving into the book of 1 John to see what God says about how we should treat people. Uh, And if you're anything like me, that might make you kind of uncomfortable because you may think of times where you weren't the most caring or the most loving or the most kind. And I just want to say that that's okay. Um, it's called the human condition, and it's something that we're all dealing with. Um, because if we're being honest with ourselves, treating people in a way that's honoring to them and a step further honoring to God is, ch- is a challenging thing to do. Um, and at times, it might even be unclear what that looks like. Um, and hey, I don't know where you're walking in fr- um, from today. If, uh, if you're a follower of Jesus, um, if you are new to faith, like if you're spiritual and you're trying to figure out how Jesus and Christianity and uh, and all of this fits in. Um, I don't know if, you know, you're dragged here out, out of obligation. And you're just like, well, I guess I got to sit here for 20 minutes. Um, but hey, wherever, uh, wherever you're walking in from, just know that you're welcome and we're super happy that you're here. Um, and also know that this topic of treating people well is really, really difficult. And no matter who you are, no matter where you're at on your spiritual journey. Um, and then some of you may be thinking too, like, spoiler alert, like this is church. We should love people. God is love. Love people. Um, And you wouldn't be wrong. Um, That's really it. Uh, But there's more to it than that, which we're going to unpack today. We're going to unpack how we should treat people, um, how we shouldn't treat people, and then the consequences and the blessings associated with each. So, um, as Maddie, uh, for those of you who are taking notes, uh, it's, we'll be in the book of 1 uh, John chapter 3, verses 11 through 18. Uh, for, so the, the studious types, like my wife, if you want to, you know, jot that down, feel free. Um, and as Maddie uh, mentioned last week, the book of 1 John was almost written like a sermon, um, which is actually really helpful for, for me, having to give my first sermon. Because, um, uh, and the reason for that is because it was an authoritative letter that John in his old age, Grandpa John, uh, wrote to these churches that were turning their back 
on God. Uh, they were saying things like Jesus isn't real, forgiveness isn't real. And so he's trying to get John back on track. Um, and you may be asking yourself, you know, what gives John this authority, right? Like, who is Grandpa John to be saying how I should act? Um, well, John was actually one of the 12 disciples. In fact, he was one of Jesus' three best friends. Um, and they were so close that Jesus actually asked John to take care of his mother, Mary, um, when he was being executed. So it's safe to say that, that John knows Jesus really well. And he got to see a sinless man, like he walked, you know, hand in hand with a sinless man and got to see how he treated people in his uh, 33 years on this earth. Um, and what we know about Jesus is that he interacted with everyone. He interacted with, his, uh, with religious elites. He interacted with people who knew nothing about him, people who opposed him, uh, people who hated him, like the sick, uh, the outcasts, the hurting, prostitutes, like literally everyone. So to get John's perspective on how Jesus treats people is pretty cool. Uh, and then the first thing I want to pull up here uh, is the importance of relationships. Um, so relationships define your life. So for good or for evil, for life or for death, relationships are a crucial marker in the health, outlook, and overall happiness of your life. Do you guys agree? Awesome. All right. So I know for me personally, like when I'm uh, in like good favor with like the people who I love, the people who I work with, and things are, you know, just good. I'm joyous, I'm free, and I, everything's, everything's great. On the flip side, when I'm like not doing well, when I'm struggling, um, and uh, just not in a good headspace, uh, it's because like I either did something to upset somebody, or somebody did something to upset me, and I'm just kind of like, um, kind of like churning on that. So, um, and, and actually it's funny, you know, sometimes my wife will be talking to me and she'll be like two minutes into like a story and she'll be like, hey, are you there? Like, are you, like I know you're physically there, but like, are you there? And you know, I'm doing like the thousand yard stare like in the distance. And you know what, like the answer is like I, mentally I'm not there. Um, and nine times out of 10 in those moments, I'm like, like I said, churning on something that like I, I'm upset about. And it always has to do with like relationships that are harmed. So um, and, it's, and it steals my joy. And this is proof to me that, like, relationships define my life. Um, so, okay, so if relationships define your life, so then what defines relationships? How we treat people is what defines relationships. So if that's true, if we're following logic here, then what this means is how we treat people will define our lives. And this was, like, super profound to me. Um, uh, it's, because <laughs> here I am, right? Like, I think a thousand things are going to define my life. Things like my professional accomplishments. Um, I'm an Enneagram 3, so that's kind of just naturally where I go. <laughs> um, how much wealth I acquire. Um, getting a six-pack, which, by the way, can we talk about this for a second? <sighs> getting a six-pack is so hard. Like, I feel like anyone who starts working out should, like, sign something that says, like, hey, I understand what goes into getting a six-pack. Like, not only do you have to work out every day, you have to do core. Core is by far the worst muscle group. And then your diet needs to not only contain, but almost mutually uh, like consist of like nuts and, and, and leaves and, and, and meats and all these like protein-rich gross crap that doesn't even like hold a candle to Gelato Boy. I mean like, come on. But, but it's not a six pack. It's not these stupid things that define our lives or that give us our worth. Jesus is saying it's, um, it's relationships. Um, 
Uh, lost my place, sorry. <laughs> Everyone wants a six-pack, I know. Um, so what are other things that might define your life, right? So like the kind of car you have or the kind of house you have. Or hey, we live in Boulder, right? So this was super convicting to me. How about like the number of experiences we've had? Like how much we've lived, right? Like the number of backpacking trips, uh, how much we've traveled, the concerts we've been to, uh, how many miles we've logged, right? Like all of that we put a lot of worth in. I know I do personally, and um, Jesus is saying that's not it. Although Jesus did log a lot of miles, so maybe there's something to that. But um, <laughs> what Jesus showed us is that how you treat people is what defines your life. So let's think about the two ways in which we can treat people. There is, the first one is the natural way. I treat you like you treat me. Or a step further, I treat you based on how I feel inside, like emotionally, like how I'm feeling. And then there's the supernatural way, and that is I treat you how God treats me. So Christians, more specifically, and I want to add this uh, asterisk, right? Christians who are living in accordance to their purpose and who are in alignment uh, with God's will, uh, are going to treat people this way due to the overflow of love that's in their heart. So what this is saying is unless the human condition is addressed, how we are like wired as humans, we are going to continue to treat people in a natural way. Um, and so that's today's invitation. So hopping into today's first verse, we'll be looking at the book of 1 John chapters 3, verses 11 through 18. And right before this, John just got talking about the confidence in being a child of God versus being a child of the devil. And now he begins to talk about like what being a child of God looks like. So, First uh, John chapter 3, verse 11, it says, For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. So if you, those of you guys are like, God is love, well, there you go. I mean, that's it. Uh, but again, he, he goes on to explain more. Uh, and he goes on to explain like what not to do. <laughs> and for a guy like me who's like learned from my mistakes, whether I wanted to or not, and we can talk more about that in detail. Um, but just like, I, that's helpful for me. I need to know like what to, what to um, watch out for. And actually, uh, one of the things we're going to talk about is hatred. And it's weird because we're in church, right? And we're going to be talking about hatred. And we're actually going to spend like out of the three points quite a bit of time on this because it's important. The Bible talks about it a lot. It's something that is so prevalent in our world today. And it's something that we need to like watch out for and guard our hearts on. So in verse 12, it says, Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil, and his brothers were righteous. Okay, so Jesus set the bar pretty low. Like, don't, don't murder anyone. Cool. I win. I did it. I'm walking hand in hand with God, and I'm on a spiritual plane. Um, <laughs> but, um, again, more to that. So who is Cain? Like, let's take a step back here. Uh, and, and talk about who Cain is. So Cain is, Adam and Eve had two sons, Cain and Abel. And hopping back into Genesis 4, we learn that Cain was a farmer, Abel was a shepherd. Uh, they each brought God an offering. God rejected Cain's offering and accepted Abel's offering. Why? Because Abel brought his best. It says, it actually says, he brought, he brought the firstborn of his flock and the fat portions. Um, which is funny because like even God liked the fat portions, right? Like, <laughs> Ribeyes are like the best. Um, <laughs> and then it says Cain took some of the fruit from the ground. You can think of it as like the leftovers. Like he didn't bring his best. He just brought some fruit from the ground. Like here you go. Uh, the Lord respected Abel's offering but did not respect 
that offered by Cain. And in a jealous rage, Cain murdered Abel. So then why did God reject Cain's offering? Um, because God looks at both our heart and our hands. Cain did not have faith, love, and devotion to the Lord and was using his offering in an effort to manipulate God. Cain was not coming from a place of faith, love, worship, and holiness. So his heart didn't match his hands, or another way to put it is his intentions didn't match his actions. Um, okay, so don't be like Cain. We got that. Uh, now we understand what that means. Let's go on to um, verse 13. It says, Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. So do not be surprised about what? Um, about people hating you, even if you love them. Um, what Jesus is saying is that like, even as, like, as Christians, we are called in, in to live in response to God's love for us. And unfortunately, like, there are going to be times where we're, like, we're going to be hated for it. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. Um, so, and then it says, anyone who hates a brother or a sister is a murderer. Um, and the heart of murder ultimately originates in hate. So, I just want to say, like, the Bible often uses metaphors. Um, it's not actually talking about murder here. It's talking about the heart of murder. And I think that's really helpful. I know for me, sometimes we read in the Bible, and it just seems like, when words like that are used, it's super strong, and it's like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know if this applies to real life, but it's a, it's, it's a metaphor. So, um, so when responding in hate, we may want to murder someone's reputation, right? Murder their business, murder them socially. Um, there are various ways we seek to do harm, and God is saying, like, watch out for this. Um, so then how do we know that we're operating on a spiritual plane? Um, when our intentions match our actions, and they are both good and of God. And this isn't easy. Like, I used to think Christianity is easy, and it's not. Like, you punch me, and I pray for you? Like, what? Um, it's not easy, but it's fulfilling. And it means that as Christians, we're not taking hate into our future. We, pay, we pass that on to a higher court, because forgiveness is at the core. It's a gift for you, not a burden to you. And I want to say that again, because that really hit me. Forgiveness is a gift for you, not a burden to you. So really, forgiveness is a gift from God. And how do we get rid of hate? How do we get on a plane where we're like loving each other and, and joyful? We need to forgive. So next up on how not to act. <laughs> we're spending more time on like how not to act than like how to act, but is indifference. Um, verse 16 says, this is how we know that uh, what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need and has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Have you ever heard the saying, you're dead to me? I feel like that gets used a lot, like nowadays, like you're dead to me. Um, that's indifference. Um, so what John is saying here is that if you see someone who's hurting, uh, and you see someone who's in need and you ignore it, the love of God isn't flowing through you. And what's the opposite of difference? It's sacrificial love. And it, it calls that out here as well. It says, um, we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. And Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice for us uh, by giving his life for us. So um, what this tells us is that love gives and love gives sacrificially. So um, I'm not sure if there's any Bob Goff fans in the room, 
But uh, he wrote a book called Love Does. And personally, like, Bob Goff kind of annoys me. Like, he's, he's just so positive. Um, and everything's like sunshines and rainbows. And, like, it's great. Like, he's, a, he's an awesome author. And you know what? It's, it's a super great book. Love Does, I recommend it. But he's just a little much. Anyway, um, <laughs> to give you an idea of what the book's about, I want to read you the summary. It says, when it comes to loving other, when it comes to loving your neighbors, instead of focusing on having the right answers or checking the right boxes, what if we simply decide to do love? You hear that? It's like an action word. To shamelessly show love and grace to those around you, what would that look like? Not the kind of love that stops at thoughts and feelings. Bob's love takes action. Bob believes love does. So, I feel like love can just be like, you can love somebody's response on a text, <laughs> right? Love is like an action word, and that's what he's encouraging you in this book. Uh, so with God first into your life, you will have love in your heart, and guess what? You can't sit idle with love in your heart. It's impossible. And actually, it makes me think of um, our, our 10-month-old Margot. When she is like so joyful and like so happy, she like, you can just see it like fill her up, and she does this thing where she like flaps her wings, she, like, does this like this. And it's just, like, she, the reason for it is because she cannot sit idle. Like, she has so much, she can't contain it. And that's what we're invited into. We're invited to be so filled up that, like, we can't do anything but, like, pass that on to other people. Um, okay. So, we talked about in hatred. We talked about hatred. We talked about indifference. The third thing is, you guessed it, love. So in verse 18, it says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. So let me paraphrase this for you. Actions speak louder than words. Or, don't talk the talk, walk the walk. Or, don't talk about it, be about it. Right? I feel like I get more aggressive with each one of these. I could keep going, but you get it. Um, you know, and this reminds me of a Twitter conversation that happened a few months ago, actually, between uh, the Kansas City Royals, Patrick Mahomes, and Tom Brady. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Tom Brady, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, I hate to say it, as a Michigan State graduate, he went to Michigan. I hate to say it, but he's got seven Super Bowl rings, uh, and he's 43 years old. He just won his seventh last year. The guy doesn't age, and he probably has a six-pack. So it's like <laughs> one more reason not to like him. Um, Patrick Mahomes is a promising quarterback. He's the next GOAT, but he's not the GOAT. He's the next GOAT, right? At age 24, he became the first um, or one of the youngest players to win a Super Bowl. Um, that being said, he has one Super Bowl. Tom has seven. So the Kansas City Royals tweeted out this video of one of their players, and he's saying Patrick Mahomes is the best. Uh, it's a bold statement, right? Like, and Tom decided actually to respond here. And he said, nah, I think actions always speak louder than words, winky face. Which, I mean, as much as I don't really like Tom, he's, he's the, he knows he's the best. And like, I, I, he's funny. I, I, I low-key like him, I just can't. Um, uh, but, and then actually, Patrick Mahomes responded to this later and said, I guess we'll see in 20 years. I, you know what, I guess we will. But the point here is like, you can talk, you know, talk to talk all you want. Patrick Mahomes is actually a pretty humble guy, so this, you know, I'm not saying he's like, talk, you know, out there talking, but it's a good illustration. You can talk all you want. You can go to church. You can, um, you can read the Bible even. You can like, 
uh, do these things. You can check the boxes. Um, but what matters most, what God cares about, is how you show up, your heart, your actions. And the good news is, you don't have to follow a set of rules. As somebody who doesn't like to follow rules, like that's, whew, that's a good thing. <laughs> She's laughing because she knows. <laughs> um, your heart and your actions will align with God the closer you grow to him. It's a relationship, right? This isn't, religion is not rules. Um, and in loving people, does it mean you need to like everyone? Like, no, absolutely not. Like, in fact, maybe you shouldn't because sometimes people do horrible things, but it doesn't mean you should love them. I mean, look at what, look at what Jesus modeled for us. He, was, he loved everyone, but he was friends with a few. Um, and and, and, and that's, uh, you know, not a bad model to, to go off of, right? So, um, and then today's cultural mood is anger, right? I think everyone is aware of that. There's even a reaction button on Facebook, you know, the angry face, and I feel like it gets used so often. Um, and as followers of Jesus, this gives us the opportunity um, in growing in greater relationship with Jesus to love more radically than anyone else, to pass the glory on to God, uh, to help others know God in the process, and as a result, live a life full of joy and happiness. Galatians um, chapter 5, verses 22 through 23, talk about the fruit of the Spirit. And these are the promises um, that we are promised as followers of Jesus. And I'll just read you, you know, what those are. They're, they're love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I don't know about you guys, but like, I want all those things, like all of the time. And the beautiful thing is, is they're given freely when we submit our lives to God. This is why Jesus died for us and rose again, to forgive us and to give us access to this life. He like unlocked this for us. It's really, it's really awesome. And that's, that's our invitation. So if you've never made the decision uh, to follow Jesus, I'd, I'd encourage you to do that today. Uh, let us know. You can fill out the connection card, and we'd be happy to reach out to you and, uh, and make that happen. Um, and then a quick backstory on me. Um, I was actually raised in the church in high school, um, or growing up, and then in high school and college, I abandoned my faith. I chased instant gratification. Um, I got into partying, drugs, alcohol, which ultimately led to emptiness and despair. When I came back to church in my 20s, I was extremely skeptical. I was unsure of the whole Christianity thing, of religion. I mean, honestly, of Christians. Um, I thought it was all fake. I thought it was a big show. And I thought, like, nobody really was experiencing, like, God. And so what did I do? I kind of, like, hung out. Um, and I just kind of observed. And I was, like, I was just kind of waiting for, for people to show their true colors. Um, and I was kind of, like, wanting to expose Christianity. I, but it's funny, as I was at church, I was spiritually interested, but I was just like, I just don't know about this. Like, I need something, but I don't know if this is it. Um, and then my wife, then girlfriend at the time, um, we, we sought counseling uh, with, with actually some worship leaders in the church. And in my effort to expose Christianity, um, what I f witnessed for the first time were people with servant-like hearts, uh, people who were joyful and were loving and lighthearted. Uh, people who had this glow in their eye like nothing I had ever seen before. I met people who offered wisdom and guidance that was so clearly not of this earth and, and, and was something from something um, so much higher. And 
Uh, I was proven wrong. I finally saw a piece of heaven on earth. I saw the Holy Spirit working through someone that had fully submitted their life to Jesus. And that's the invitation we're called into. Those are the tangible things that come from following Jesus. So, what can we do about it, right? So, like, what are some action steps this week we can do? Um, and the first is, you know, I, I, I just encourage you to sit down and find a quiet, quiet space and just be honest with yourself and ask yourself these questions. Ask yourself, is there anyone who I hate? Is there anyone I'm indifferent towards because I'm hard-hearted towards them? Is there anyone I can love better? Is there anyone I need to be more generous towards, to forgive, to pray for? From there, search your heart. Find out what you can do to change it, to fill it with love. What actions can you take to better love people today? It might look like being more empathetic at work and listening to understand instead of listening to talk. I mean, I'm guilty of that. Uh, It might mean uh, speaking more gently to your kids. It might mean a word of encouragement to a friend, a coworker, or a spouse. It might mean a phone call to a family member. Um, Maybe that person's on your heart right now, somebody you just need to connect with. It might mean going out of your way to speak with somebody who looks lost or is hurting, whether it be at the grocery store or on the street. Um, And before you do that, ask yourself this. Ask yourself, what are you gonna do to fill your cup up in order to love and therefore in order to take those actions and to not sit idle? How are you gonna flap your wings? The last thing I wanna leave you with today is that God is for us and wants the best for us. He wants us to be fulfilled. Furthermore, he wants so deeply for us to be loved and for us to love others. My hope is that you take that belief into your week, that you truly believe it, like at your core, you believe that, Um, and that you take actions to grow in relationship with God, and um, I I promise you action and joy will come from that. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for instilling us a heart of capable of loving and for loving us first. God, please be with us this week um, that we may look for opportunities to better love people and that we may not sit idle and that we may take action. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.